Hi, I'm Sanchit, founder and CEO at Innerfit. Before, I also founded Travel Triangle. This episode of the Founder Thesis Podcast features one of the most unique founders we have met so far. Sanchit Garg was hired by Yahoo after he graduated from IIT Bombay. The next two years at Yahoo introduced him to the world of internet products and startups. And by 2010, he was a founder himself. What follows next sounds very filmy. But Sanchit went through the phases of entrepreneurship from being almost penniless to finding product market fit and raising the first check to becoming a dominant player in their space. This is the journey of Sanchit's first startup, Travel Triangle, which has raised more than $40 million to date. But almost like the monk who sold his Ferrari, Sanchit realized that he was seeking something deeper. And that started his journey of building up Innerfit, a startup that helps corporate employees to be effective through principles of coaching and meditation. Stay tuned for this amazing story and subscribe to the Founder Thesis podcast on any audio streaming app for more such founder journeys. I think the motivation by then was putting your name on the map. Like, how do you make your mark on this place? And startup was the first thing that comes to your mind. So I, so we started experimenting with multiple things. And Prabhat, Sankal, and me, Prabhat also joined in. So we all three were same school. Friends since seventh standard. They went to IT, Kharagpur and Gohati, all computer science. So three geeks in one room. In a small room at Noida, uh, in an apartment, we funnily, you know, we one of our product started getting some traction. One of our elderly friends started using it. Which product was this? This was the holiday booking that product. When we started, I had my savings from Yahoo. In one year, those savings went to zero. Because when you were building the holiday product, you had to pay for server costs and some maybe marketing costs and things like that. Yeah, we also hired four people, the first few employees. So that is where the savings were going and we all hit zero. Now imagine coming from a place where financial security was critical for you. And everything was about money, first job. And you said money is sold, but now bank count is zero. It took me two, three days to understand that it's okay uh, to get comfortable with it. But it was very empowering to live at bank balance zero and still be okay with it. So this one year period in which you burned through your savings, uh, what did you do in that one year? Just help me understand that. I moved to Noida, Sankalp's house. He was kind enough to take me in. It was a small two-bedroom, three-bedroom house. We made one of them as an office. One was, uh, you know, two other bedrooms. And we were started to experimenting with multiple products. So we launched Panorama Views of Taj Mahal, Red Fort. That was one product, didn't fly. And you were, you wanted to do B2C, like consumer products. And that, see, this is 2010. The words like B2C, B2B, marketplace were not common then. Flipkart was the only company which was like big enough. So marketplace became common, B2C, B2B became common in 2013 kind of time frame. At that point of time, it was like, you know, we want to solve holidays. And yes, it was B2C then. But I remember it was a two-sided marketplace, travelers and travel agents. So we would go to travel agents, you know, offices saying, hey, we are from IIT and we are doing this and we want you to come on our platform and service our clients. And I remember travel agents like almost 
kicking us out from the office here that we don't have time come sometime later it's a very formal industry uh, where you take appointments and exchange cards and do all that and we are tech people we take our bikes we just go to the office <laughs> you just go to the office and say hey we are here you want to chat so so it was also a b2b angle where we were building the other side of marketplace the first few vendors were difficult i remember that we also went to like at least 50 100 50 or 100 investors uh, there were very few investors then and almost everyone said no to us and that was basically we were not able to pitch the idea in our pan iit event we just came across one of my senior akshay saxena and he asked you okay you are doing a startup i said yes he said i said i want funding he said what how much you want i said a number he said okay i said what valuation you are giving on he said you decide the valuation and he put the money in and then i took that and told them tell me people tell me people put money in but that's how we got our first funding so my learning was it's a very black swan moment you try everything but you know where it comes from is hard to tell so th- when you raised this funding uh, at that time what was travel triangle like like what was working because you were doing multiple experiments what what worked finally and what scale did you reach yeah that was that time we were doing 20 lakh rupees per month top line okay when was this when you raised funding 2012 okay Okay. And so your uh, holiday uh, experiment was successful in the first year. What else did you build? It was like a Amazon on Amazon you buy a shirt, that kind of experience to buy a holiday package purely online. That did not work. Because everyone wants personalized planning and all of that like they, they want to talk to somebody and plan it out. Exactly. So what worked was, you know, they put up a request in a nice way. and then you connect them to three local travel agents who can service that request so and those three travel agents would compete you, ha- you can see their ratings and you pay on the platform and you platform gives you assurance assurance of the service okay okay so so th- this was like a like a matchmaking platform then like like helping match travelers with agencies how did the payment get decided because this was a customized product right like so what pricing to be charged would get decided after they actually spoke to an agent yeah it was like pure discussion between traveler and two three travel agents and they would customize and in the end the payment would come up so travel agent would put in the invoice on inafit on on travel triangle and then the travel agent would pay for it so like uh, tell me how you did your uh, the go to market getting demand generating demand how did you do that like that's the biggest challenge in consumer internet right like generating demand we knew that we had to pick up a destination we picked up kerala so we ran ads only for kerala travelers and we only you know got supply of kerala travel agents by going to kerala and being with travel agents there so our go to market was very basic that ad destination by destination ek hua khodo ghera khodo first first principles were right uh, and we built on that i remember that when we were having 20 lakh per month kind of top line uh, i went to my angel investors and they were like you know how many bookings were happening what was the percentage commission and i'm like around 20 30 bookings are happening every month and he was like show me your mis i said what is mis <laughs> this is this is amit gurawar you know again a super uh, amazing angel he gave me an excel sheet month one month two month three number of bookings percentage of commission kind of a thing and that was the first way of actually recording the data of what's happening you know dashboard so this 20 lakhs you're saying that was like your gmv uh, out of which you would get that's right 
maybe a single digit percentage or more than like what was the commission range yeah 10% 10% 5% okay got it okay okay so how much did you raise in the angel round 60 70 lakhs not bad for that time period it's a pretty good sum of money so so then what like once you raise that around 12 13 period after that like how did that change your trajectory how did you learn how to build a internet business yeah, the funny thing was every day in our bank account, the transitions were, I bought 25 rupees prepaid of mobile sim balance, some 100 rupees, some 200 rupees petrol. And suddenly there was a transition of 10 lakh, 10 lakh, 10 lakh in the bank account. <laughs> the SMS was like funny to see 5 rupees, 50 rupees, 100 rupees, 200 rupees, and then 10 lakh, 10 lakh, 60 lakhs. So that was the first time when I realized that, okay, we have money. That was the first feeling we could make the mark and the big PR done by Times of India that, Three founders made 20 lakh rupees per month in seven months. Nobody understood GMV and commission and everything. <laughs> Tell me a bit on also the things you did to make it grow. Na? Like what were some of those tactics, strategies to make it grow? The tactics was basically create a playbook for each destination. Like in Kerala, how do you get the first few travelers? How do you get the supply? How do you make the critical mass going? How do you set up a team inside travel triangle to facilitate the both and once a destination is done it has grown to a critical size how do you build best hotels best cars in the system and once you have done that keep on adding more destinations so we are going deeper in destinations and then adding more destinations and with the playbook we were also hiring the right team members. Amazing. amazing. How, how did you know that hiring is important to get right, that you shouldn't screw it up? And the way I feel it is that we will keep on doing things, but we, we didn't know of these terms and mantras. I'm building my second company now, and I feel there are so many frameworks. Everybody says that if you don't do this right, your company will fail. First hire, first investor, first client, first product, first this and that. Back then, nobody would say these things and the company still work fine. My point is, we did fundamentally right things without knowing about any frameworks and we were fine. So between the three of you co-founders, what were you looking after? I think all three of us were coming from computer science background. So none of us knew anything else but coding. But uh, we, we kept on changing our hats. So Sankal moved very quickly out of coding. He became the CEO guy, the business guy, the strategy guy, fundraising guy. I spent some time in technology, then moved to operations, where I scaled the operations team. Realized, and when I moved to operations, Prabhat took care of the entire technology. So once I went to operations, I realized now operations is good, stable. We have a 500 people team. We have the right leaders from who can build it further, but our product function is left behind. When I took a product, I understood how bigger function, how critical function that is, the nuances of it. And we worked very hard for two years to make it right. Uh, every gear about hiring the right team, putting the right sprint processes, putting the right road mapping exercises, the right synergies between business and product and tech. Each and every, they were like, we used to call it, there's no silver bullet to make product, but it's a problem of thousand gears getting it right. Tell me that uh, product journey, like how did you improve Travel Triangle, the product? Like what did you identify as the way to tackle it? And what made you feel that the product is not good enough initially? So see, initially when we made, it was a technology, it was a code. Put on the website, something code runs, you can do a transaction as a traveler. Right? Then I moved to business with that technology, we just pumped in on the number of users we have and we scaled. 
But then I realized that product has to make the customer's life easy. How can he plan a very beautiful trip for himself? You have to understand the customer each and every pain point, his mindset. Disconnect yourself with what you have as a solution. In his life, relate to it, breathe it. He is busy also all the day. He has no time to plan and yet he has to plan because his husband or wife also wants to go. It's a big investment for them. They won't go to the place ever again in 10 years. And that's the pressure and they know nothing about it and they're talking to these travel agents. So you understand what you are operating in. You are essentially selling trust and not holiday packages. You are essentially selling those memories. So how do you create those beautiful memories? Now thinking product from that angle is a very different than technology and you need a founder to be in the product function to think that and actually execute it. If a founder is not a product guy, none of the founder is a product guy, the product team will fail. Okay, that's an interesting insight that you're selling trust and not a package. So was your uh, product building led by data? Was it led by intuition or like a mix of the two? Or? I think mix of two. I, we had like a lot of terms here. We said we want to be data informed not data-driven. Okay. And why is that? Like, give me an example of why being data-driven could be wrong. Right. So a lot of times, you know, for example, who do you want to sell holidays to? Only the luxury travelers or middle-class travelers? Because their needs are different, right? Now, data can tell a lot of things that this has money, this has buying power, this is, this is a narrow funnel, this is a broad funnel, and that's all data. But that's data-informed. If you make a decision purely on this basis, that's a data-driven thing. But if you take information and you apply what you really aspire to be, what is it that you're solving? Are you solving a niche luxury product? Are you solving a mass-scale product which you want to take globally and all? Those are the aspirations of yours that have to come in. And those aspirations are the sort of central thing which you carry for yourself for five years, ten years. Do you have an expression that makes Amazon and Alibaba different, right? Amazon is more customer, Alibaba is more merchant. So they're still doing the same technology, more or less. All right. Okay. Okay. So like coming back to the journey. So when SAF partners invested in you, how much did they invest? And what? how big were you then at that stage? I think 2014 they invested, right? Yes, that's right. We They invested $2 million. Yeah, $2 million. And uh, we were around 10, 12, maybe it's 15 people team then. Wow, that must have been like a life-changing amount of money then. Yeah, yeah. again, imagine, right? 10 lakh, 10 lakh, and now you're 10, uh, 10 CR kind of SMS. Your SMS is <laughs> you have received 10 CR rupees in your bank account. Amazing. Okay, okay. And so those funds you used to scale up operations because this was an ops-heavy business because for every location you would need to onboard travel agents. So you would need some feet on street who will like go meet travel agents, who will explain, who will pitch the process, help them understand how the commission works. And then you would also need a central call center team because you would be calling inquiries also to make sure that the bucket is not leaky and you would be calling travel agents also to make sure service because you are responsible for quality of overall experience. You are right. So we were having around 500 people in operations and sales and around 200 people in the technology product design uh, place. So around, around in total, we were like 800, 900 team members. Wow. Okay. This was on the back of that 2 million fundraise, you hit this kind of headcount. The moment 2 million came in, we became 
known in the in the travel ecosystem. These numbers of 900 employees were in 2017, 18 when I left. But journey from SAF to 2014 to 2018 is every year we kept on raising money. So after SAF, next year came Bessemer's. That was, I think, $10 million, Bessemer. Yes. Then we raised from Singapore with RB investors. Then, you know, Fundamentum came in 2016 or 17, 17 early. Yeah. So, and every year I would see our office growing up to a much bigger size, uh, our team growing up, and we kept on executing. So 2014, I would say 2010 to 14 was a journey of scrappiness, hustle, learning the basics, fundamentum, fundamentals. And the journey from 2014 to 2017-18 was pure fast growth, scaling up, seeing many competitors trying to copy us, learning how to root them out one by one. And we were very brutal with our competitors with all the respect to them. Tell me those war stories. I'd love to hear some of those. So it was a difficult business to build, right? To tame services of travel agents at scale and allowing travel agents to, good travel agents to deliver great experience to travelers. It's a very subjective commodity. A car will go wrong. It will break down in the trip. And the flights, you will lose the flights there. Right? That's the reality of the world. So how do you tame and you create a NPS of 52 and for from travelers that was the that is what we basically we tracked but the first computer came in they started putting leaves on our system as a traveler and started getting out the travel agents name from our system and then pay heavy discounts to them they also got the investors who we said no to so they had the money from the investors who we refused so now they have money and they have travel agents and they were paying heavy money to these travel agents it's like Ola Uber fight to service on their systems. And I remember in our board meeting, we were showing that, look, we are here, but the computer started late, but growing much faster. And I remember that board meeting where uh, our investors called it out. Are you playing a laboratory here? We are signaling logic that, look, we will do this and this is the plan and this is that. He said, you are, it feels that you are making a science laboratory here. And that is setting up for failure. You need to go out and crush them now. And we are sitting in the boardroom. We are not leaving the boardroom. And don't order lunch for us. We're just sitting here. Go and kill it now. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And that is the first time I became like more competition aware. I came out of the boardroom, booked my cab, got my two team members, went to the biggest travel agent who they were poaching. Uh, he He was in some East Delhi, some remote place. Got to this office then and there in, in an hour, gave him, you know, gave him all the lures of bigger discounts, bigger this, bigger that, and showed that the next day he's only working on us and not on them. And from there, the journey started of making sure that our product is so sticky. And it was not that we're making product more sticky. It was that we were using a product to pull the travel agents completely into the system. How do you incentivize travel agents who are, again, short on time to get very easy leads from Travel Triangle? Very easily, they can see everything, uh, all their funnels, let them manage them. But it was not about giving them a tool, but it was saving their time and making it so easy for them that they won't step outside because everywhere outside is a high friction. And then on the top of that, gave discounts, you know, ensure that when they poach our team members, none of them talk to them. And our team was fundamentally loyal uh, because they were in a nice home. And we did the reverse side in a very in, in interesting ways. So in in two months from that board meeting, 
the competitor shut down. Wow. And you went global also in that period? No, we were, we are focused on India, Indian travelers going to India or outside. Okay. So how did you build like say Mauritius or like you sent someone there or like this was all happening through phone calls and online? We started with phone. We started with phone. Then I, I went to a lot of these places, met travel agents, had a good dining experience with them, built relationships. 700 travel agents I would uh, know and they would know me uh, when I was running operations. Yeah, a lot of travel agents have their Facebook. So, so you know, and, and that's a funny story. In 2012, I went to travel agent's office and they would kick me out, right? And I was like, you know, okay, you know, something has to be done. In 2017, many travel agents have them and me on their Facebook profile and LinkedIn profile. <laughs> so for me, it was very humbling, but also like motivating. And I took pride that we created jobs for, you know, business for local vendors across the globe a way to get the travelers and get the business, put bread and butter in Mauritius, Kerala, uh, Sri Lanka, Cambodia, Vietnam. Uh, so that was something which was the biggest win for us in everything. There were two wins. One, travel agents in these local places having relying on travel triangle. And second, our travelers reporting an NPS of 52, which was, and you know, for my competitors, it was minus 10. Okay. Okay. Amazing. Okay. So, uh, NPS of 52, what does this mean? Uh, how do you calculate NPS score? After every trip, we would ask travelers, would you recommend Travel Triangle to your friends? It's a standard way of seeing how how good satisfaction was there. And then 52, there are mathematics, but I'm doing a very gross approximation. 52% would say I would definitely recommend. And the rest would say, maybe we may not be. Okay. I'm guessing you would have also done a lot of, like on the product side, it looks like there are two things which you would have done differently or better than others. One is you build products for the travel agents so that they could manage the workflow of preparing uh, an itinerary. You probably had some product to help them make the itinerary quickly and easily, share the itinerary, manage all the leads to see like which lead, like their workflow of managing leads. Like their workflows, you would have, put into the product so that it's easy for them to work with you. So that's right. You know, and again, the advantage for this was in 2012, we were coders. You could write, I remember writing the entire travel agent dashboard, entire workflow in, in a week. And, you know, we, we went to travel, we went to investors and we showed them the business, the numbers, the product on traveler side, this and that. You know why they invested in us? Because they saw the travel agent dashboard. And I was like, this is not even a selling picture for us. Like it's a small dashboard. Why why will you fund on us? But I realized that the way investors see is very different. They were right. That will be our moat. And that's why that became our moat when competition came up. Fascinating. And the other thing which you would have done well is destination pages. Like probably you would have a page on Mauritius which would have a lot of content, a lot of like uh, Mauritius for honeymoon, Mauritius for uh, hiking, Mauritius for college outing, whatever, like different ways of exploring Mauritius for different audiences and like a mix of content and package options that people can, so th- their journey of finding something in Mauritius is easy. That's right. And that was the next phase, right? This is the SEO phase where we made all of these pages and we had an amazing guy Again, a computer science from IIT, Kanpur, who built the marketing for us. We realized everything like software eating the world was very true for us. Uh, whether it's a business guy or a tech guy or a product guy or marketing tech guy, everyone was computer science. 
So our pages for marketing, like you said, right, for each destination was all automated on day one. And then as we would see traffic coming on a page, we understand what kind of thing they're looking for. We kept on adding things manually over there. But at one stretch, you could create all automated pages, change them algorithmically based on what keyword they're searching on Google and they're coming on. So a lot of interesting things uh, they did to, uh, to bootstrap the marketing. Mm-hmm. So each person landing on uh, the Mauritius page would see something different based on what data you have collected about him, like based on what keyword he used or yeah. if, if there is some. <clears throat> so if you are clicking, let's say on holiday, honeymoon package for Mauritius and then and you land on our page, the page will show a honeymoon picture in a big thing and honeymoon for Mauritius. And if you click, like say family trip to Mauritius, same page will open, but a new image would come. And these are the small, small things that create the marketing because you have one second, two second kind of a time to attract the travelers. Okay. So 2018 is uh, when you left or when did you leave? I left in 2018, yes. So what was the scale by then? What kind of GMV were you doing? And We were doing around uh, $45 million gross revenue and 900 team members, around 1,200 travel agents roughly. Why did you need to raise so much money? You needed money for customer acquisition or what was the reason? I think in a company, I've seen three phases in Travel Triangle. The first phase is pre-PMF. You say, hey, you know, this is my product. And everybody says, this is shit. The customers, the investors, the first the first few employees, vendors, everybody kicks you out from their office. Then the second phase, you have a PMF, you have some good logos, some good names. People see, okay, there's some value and you scale and they put money. This is a place where you are raising money, you are scaling, you are like on a very good high. You have already built a thick skin from the previous time of, because if you have crossed PMF, you have crossed it with great and multiple rejections. Pre-PMF is like a founder who's basically a rejection handling machine. <laughs> I like that term, rejection handling machine. <laughs> That's what you do every day. You get rejected. Post-PMF, you are the guy who is being, who's PR is covering. Suddenly, you know, your friend, your, you have a team which look up to you. You have your peers who look up to you now. You are in the media, so your parents know it. And suddenly for them, you are like, okay, you're not a bad apple. You're doing something. And then the third phase comes, which is after CCD or C, when you, at some place, it's like too much for you to handle. In the sense, things will go up and down. Markets will go up and down. You will have multiple investors on board with different exit dates, with different liquidation preferences. You will have so many things that are no more like a straight path. It's not a company where there's one interest, one mission, and you are all going for it. That's the place where you start becoming insecure. Hey, you know, what if this goes wrong? Whatever I did for these many years will go to zero. So that, and that's where you start saying to team, hey, do this well. I want it tomorrow. Get it done. Kill that, kill this and kill that. You, all of that is coming from a lot of anxiety, insecurity, stress, pressure on founders. So that's the third phase. The stakes are a lot higher. Like in the early stages, the stakes are not so high. Here now the stakes are very high. So it puts more stress and... The stakes are high and you have made a vision for yourself that I am the one. Because now you are no, you are no more rejection handling machine. Now you are a praise handling machine. And the way you handle praise is by saying I am the one. Right? So from a rejection handling machine, you are into a praise handling machine. And a lot of founders goof up here. 
because this is exactly opposite right from what previous thing was so in this phase there are a lot of mistakes that everybody does our mistakes was we we went on treadmill of raising money and hence keeping steep targets for us for the next one year and hence focusing on scaling very hard and hence limiting our r&d development aspirational products and that's what my learning was that the treadmills were building up for us with only one motor scale up and uh, we are raising every year on year it started from a place of scaling fast to a place of necessity okay you had to like scale at any cost no matter how much that cost you like you had to burn money to meet those targets and that's time that's a time when you face also like earlier the competition was there but it's a new challenge for you you can you solve it with first principle but now you start seeing different challenges that what if money does not come in 6 months and you have a team of 1000 people imagine and every company goes through these moments when you have limited money in the bank and you have a 1000 people team on payroll and you don't know how to give them salary the next month this is a much more scarier moment than 2012 when you had a zero bank account but nobody was dependent on you yeah and nobody would hear about it now if something goes wrong it will be all over the news and i mean it, the it's a, like a high profile failure as opposed to when you fail when you're small yeah and it's not just your failure right now you have 1000 people and their families and their bread and butter and their emis and their house rent on you that's a lot of pressure <laughs> and you are dependent because of negative burn you are dependent on investor money of course you can fire right layoffs on we were not shy of layoffs but the problem was not layoff the problem was getting on treadmill because once you get there it's a downhill slope and of course you come out of them and there was a moment when the bank balance was low we had to realign the 700 people team uh, it took us two and two days to understand that we are the situation we went numb for two days why did you get into that situation you were not getting term sheets or what happened like no i think the money that was promised did not come that sort of disappeared there a lot of confidentiality somewhere so i can't go into more details but uh, the the outcome was that we were sitting the situation was we were sitting in a place where we and which year is this 2017 yeah 17 or 16 17 somewhere there maybe 16 maybe 17 and then we had a team of 7 500 plus 700 team members and we didn't know what to do then because raising more money will take us 6 months and we don't have money for that that's where we realized the power of zero so we realized the situation we were in we went into a again two days sort of we can't do anything kind of a, like you know you have flight response or a freeze response there was no fight no flight flight was not an option fight we couldn't do we just froze for two days then we came back we changed the entire strategy then and there we use zero based accounting approach what is that like 20% marketing which was the least roi stop that if we bring your traffic down by some percentage and it's less than 2% it's less than 2% because that's lowest rate percent so most expensive marketing goes away you increase your commission by 20% again towards 2% of travel agents would leave but that's okay because the net outcome of 20% is higher you reduce 20% salary of all the leadership teams you remove all the 20% low performers you remove you do all of the 8020 put one goal every steep goal and get 700 team members to only work for that goal for 2 3 months we could see that in a tight run ship we could further increase the revenue by 3x at a 50% reduced burn 
so that's the concept of non-linearity which was which he applied uh, a few times to uh, you know get out of the situation but now these situations are coming up right and they were man made they were like founder made situation or the other you know whatever but everything comes to founder bookies come to founders bigs come to founders so we were in these situations where the treadmills became much faster and there was a lot of pressure how would you innovate in the situation you can't the team that will go away is r and d team for example so yeah i mean there's that again an antidote uh, anecdote where where we saw hard things okay so is this what like made you feel that you were like did, did you get burnt out or like what happened no i didn't i was loving it so imagine yourself when i was i felt so empowered when in 2012 when i was my zero bank account when i learned to live on my zero bank balance i felt so empowered after this situation that okay you know we can do this also this was a new learning for us that was not the reason at all i was very much i was loving that journey however i got, the, the reason is i got introduced to executive coach and meditation long story short i learned that growth has to be inside not outside okay how did you get introduced to coaching and meditation both happened on same time but from different threads coaching was easy my investors from fundamentum who came uh, recently they told me that you should talk to a coach all of you all of the founders should talk to a coach and i was like why and my coach tried her best to tell me in one hour why and like i don't get what you are saying but let's try it out and then i learned it basically learning about your unknown unknowns right if you have to go from here to become a jack ma or sundar pichai or who are your role models don't wait for next 30 years to get there learn your unknown unknowns now and start working on them with the coach so because it's an unknown unknown you are not actively looking for it if it's a known unknown you look for it but i was realizing that everything is a shelf life i was seeing yahoo going down you know every company nokia came and went amazon jack bezos recently said uh, amazon is going to die we are just working on delaying that day and i like every if everything is a shelf life what am i doing here it was more of a quarter life crisis and i basically said i would explore all the ways of finding answers to this what the purpose what's the meaning and that's when i started exploring all the uh, meditation areas so i applied in all the meditation formats i also uh, started reading through quantum physics astrophysics the scientific realm of the smallest thing the biggest thing quantum physics talks about the smallest thing astrophysics talks about the biggest thing to understand what we know about the limits of reality i also started reading about gita in the books it was more of a intellectual curiosity more or less everything was pointed to the same thing that we don't know you were in a journey to discover reality let me put it that way like because quantum physics is another way of looking at reality astrophysics is another way of looking at reality meditation also helps you alter your perception of reality yeah i was seeing the current thing is not what what is permanent or you know whatever we are making it is a shelf life company is a shelf life Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia uh, came and went away. The cultures have shelf lives. Dinosaurs went and came and went away. The whole civilizations and the species have a shelf life. Uh, you know, Earth has a shelf life for 13.5 billion years. So if everything has a shelf life, then this is not what it is. There's something else there has to be. And that's when I was exploring these things. In quantum physics, I learned about, about the double slit experiment, where observation changes the way an atom reacts to the wave or a particle. and i'm like okay human observation changes the way the reality of a atom 
how do you explain that so basically there was something that there's a deeper part of human consciousness which we do which i did not know <clears throat> and if i if you read all the you know you know vedas or you know gita uh, or you know uh, quran or bible doesn't matter but they all have the same implication in the end of centering of be an observer be a witness and that's the most productive way to be in this world and uh, where you are not tied to your stress anxiety conditionings and every moment you want on trying to do things and meditation actually helps you experience all of this without having to bother the intellectual part <laughs> okay and uh, she nimla devi so and i think at some place i felt very you know satisfied with my answers so my intellectual curiosity sort of came to an end and that was a very satisfying moment for me so that got me to leave travel triangle and i moved to bay area because this is where i would see headspace come as a soft companies soft products as a gtm and that's my second journey okay so oh, fascinating so you had two tracks one was the executive coaching you did and second was the transformation you experienced through meditation what was it that you wanted to build a business around because these are like separate things right so the top quick hanging lowest hanging food come with coaching very easily the deeper work is much better and faster than with meditation so what did you want to build what was your product idea when you came to the us like uh, how how did you plan to marry these two and build a product out of it for me all of them are married quantum physics astrophysics uh, you know vedic uh, vedic information meditation and coaching they are all solving the subconscious stack in some way telling that there is more beyond the intellect uh, my mission was to take emotional fitness to millions of people same subconscious stack but for that to happen i had to learn psychology coaching the academic science so i don't bs any So I spent three years learning psychology, executive coaching. Got my license. I worked with Dr. Terry Sohu, professor at USF, to learn the science. I coached multiple founders in Bay Area. Learned the science for three years the hard way. So now I don't BS. Then I started with Enoughit as a product because coaching is available, but I paid twenty five thousand rupees per hour. In US, with a good coach, you pay thousand dollars per hour. <laughs> of course, and you need like multiple sessions. So it's not that easy. but all the leadership in facebook google netflix have a coach for them now how do you break this privilege for them that was my motivation uh, for that i had to understand the science and i started building enoughit where i tested eight products started with meditation psychology grammarly for emotional intelligence you know nothing worked what do you mean nothing worked what is the indication that it didn't work take me through the journey you know what was product one and what did you realize I wish I could do a screen share, but anyway, my the first word was meditation. I realized people don't stick to it after thirty days; they are fundamentally busy. Meditation is a solution which they see as a stress reliever, not as an emotional fitness thing. The need for emotional intelligence is for very few people who are on the top of Maslow's hierarchy. They will find their answers anyway, but for the rest, for the rest, they are busy with their day-to-day life. So this you're saying first product was like a headspace calm kind of a. Okay. I I would call it better headspace and every founder does but didn't work. Then the second product was psychology. So I I studied CBT ACT brief therapy. So C- CBT is cognitive behavioral dissonance, right? So that is about changing negative behavior and negative emotions. Okay. And what is ACT? Acceptance and commitment therapy. And what does that do like in a nutshell? It's 
in a nutshell, it tells that if there's something bad going on, you may feel anxious. And if you see your anxiety, it will make you anxiety, anxious about your anxiety. So don't react. Don't react. Accept your anxiety. Accept it's part of you. Watch it. Enjoy it. And commit to what you can do in this moment. Okay. 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 Yeah. It stops that feedback loop, basically. Of anxiety. Got it. Okay. And then brief therapy is again different. It's like a 180 degree kind of a therapy. Uh, later. But the point is, uh, I built the product. It worked great for people who were under the red line. Product in what way? Like you could check in and it would ask you what's your emotional state and give you some tips or something? Like what? Okay. It was a decision tree which will ask you questions and suggest you interventions to do. Oh, okay. Okay. Like it will say breathe and count till 10, for example, could be one of the interventions. Okay. And more sophisticated ones, like, you know, in acceptance commitment therapy, uh, it would go through how a coach would talk to you in a disentry format. And I ran Facebook ads to get users, right users, targeted users on the platform to test out these things. And I would measure how long they stay with InnoShit app. And I would see that, you know, after 10 days, nobody uses it. I mean, less than 1% would use it. So in this second product of psychology, why did it not, like, why was there drop off after 10 days? Again, because people are looking for promotions and, you know, uh, more immediate outcomes in their life, uh, unless they're another headline where they're incapacitated because of the mental health. And I don't understand those users. I do not want to touch there because that's... Yeah, that's a medical case. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to go there at all. I don't... I am not in the right place to relate to that segment. You don't want to do medical interventions, basically. Correct, correct. So that failed. Then I made a Grammarly for emotional intelligence. So you're typing an email... Hey, but can I just request you? And it will pop up. Be more assertive. Don't use these non-assertive words. <laughs> that sounds really fascinating. Okay. Didn't, didn't work. Uh, people were like, you know, it was like little too much for them. And I had, I had multiple things, right? I had to solve the user. I had to solve the investors. And I had to also solve the coaching world so that, you know, the, my, my whatever I have learned remains true. So one of these things will not fit in. And and I have to monetize it. So whoever is paying has to be also in, in the line. So there were multiple stakeholders in this. So that was her product. Then I launched two-minute videos every day. Didn't work. You were doing the videos? Like you were personally recording? I was recording. I was using YouTube libraries to get started fast because there's a lot of content. See, the problem is not that there's no content. There's so much content. The problem is how do you take learning to learners? Knowledge exists, learner exists, but the bridge is broken. So I am solving the problem of taking learning to learners. You were curating it for your audience, basically, and also deciding the journey, like which video first, which second, and so on. Yeah, but it failed. It failed. Bad way. Again, after 10 days, people don't come. <laughs> and now I'm in a... And I had seven failed iterations like this, after one, after another, one, after another. Someone could have done faster, but I did my best for three, four years. This is the time when I learned there are so many frameworks, right? Everything is a framework. Everything is like, if you don't do it right, you will fail. Uh, and I was like, there are too many frameworks in the world. People have a lot of gyan to give, but gyan is to the Frameworks are but no, no. Like, they are helpful in their own ways, but the moment you depend on frameworks, you know, we... Everybody just fitting in a framework. You know, VCs fit in a framework. Everybody fits in a framework. Frameworks only work on LinkedIn. <laughs> they help you get more more views on LinkedIn. That's it. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So this is going on. And the personal side, suddenly I've come from a place of, you know, 700 people in my team talking to me, saying, you know, good morning, good evening, whatever, to a place where I'm just here with my two suitcase and my, you know, wife and kid. And I'm not even talking to anybody. Your wife was working by then? You told me she was studying in the US. So she got a job here. She got a job in US and she has been a bread and patient bread and for the house for the last three, four years. And uh, she has given me the freedom uh, to do what I want to do. And I'm like doing this and I'm like, suddenly it's a big change for me, right? It's a big change of from this vibrant, high energy thing to a very doing yourself, failing, failing, failing kind of a place. I remember going to play a volleyball game here and I don't play it well. I never played it well. And I was like the gadda of the team. And you know, that was the first time it dawned to me that in Tower Triangle, I was an alpha. <laughs> and suddenly, you know, I can also be a gadda. So that was, the, that was the fourth stage for me. A rejection handling machine, praise handling machine, then, you know, insecurities of two big stakes. The fourth stage is when you leave when you go through all of this, as a founder, you invariably get a security complex. The biggest learning for me is how do you keep your keep your calm and keep hitting on the wall? Behavior change is hard. We all know it. Emotional intelligence is hard. You all know it. Now, that's the personal journey. On the professional side, finally, our eighth iteration worked. We have 80%. It's, it's uh, helping sales teams closing more deals by negotiating better with clients more being more accountable by uh, doing better discovery with clients by driving critical behaviors like negotiation and others fundamentally it happens by learning your limiting beliefs i'm not negotiating because i am have a lack of self-confidence or i feel customer will go away i have a fear anxiety and as a result whenever the negotiation happens i leave money on the table or i end up overcommitting and i can learn to do a win-win conversation keep my voice equally and all of these things are happening via memes. That's the today's language of communication, which is Instagram content, which is how people are engaging. So you remove, so you make your learning so fun, inspirational, and so personalized for every person that it picks up your feedback from Zoom calls. We indicate with Zoom. We identify what all you're doing wrong in the call and change behaviors with the memes. Personalized for your limiting beliefs, personalized for your root causes, and uh, that product has 80% plus retention after 12 months. Every month, employees are reporting, I am not procrastinating anymore. I am doing better planning. I am negotiating better with my clients. I learned for the first time I can discuss upfront with my manager. I am appreciating my team better. I am not thinking work during sleep. At dinner, I am not thinking work and I'm talking to my wife. I'm in that present moment. Or, or my spouse. Every month we have thousand plus stories like these. Companies are seeing that they are improving their performance, KPIs. The mid-low performers are becoming top performers in six months. Their KPIs in Salesforce going up. That's what we are built now. Okay, fascinating. So it sounds like sales is just a wedge here, right? Like uh, it is essentially a how to be more productive at work app. Correct. Now, uh, out of our users, 40% are sales. The I- idea is salespeople uh, are the primary buyers, but after some time, companies also give it to the engineering teams and other teams. And we have similar results there. 
So we have worked with now seven companies. Every company, they have seen improvements. They've expanded from sales to the entire company. And we have closed eight companies last month in this down market, all companies in the U.S. So basically, after eight patients, I have the product I want to have. (laughs) Amazing. So I want to dig a little deeper into the product. How do you read what somebody needs? How does that data enter the system that this is what he needs? This is like that root cause analysis you'd be doing, right? Like what is the intervention I want to run or what is the message I want to give? How does that data enter that this is what is needed? We are talking on Zoom. I am interrupting you after every five minutes. My transcripts know that. And that's the feedback loop for me of what I'm not doing right. I am saying burnout and I'm setting up 10 p.m. meetings day on day. And many of these use cases. For these use cases, we have interviewed 1,000 plus sales team members, understood what are their limiting beliefs, fears, anxieties, in what categories. And that's what they learned with our nudges. And for each different root cause, what is the right intervention that they get? How can I listen better and not interrupt in this conversation? How can I be more patient, more mindful, uh, not have an anxiety, hey, I have to ask, I have to talk. And again, each of these are emotional fitness. They're all changing your subconscious stack. Okay, okay. Fascinating. So, like, okay, how many times you interrupted? What time you're setting the meeting are relatively easier ones. But what else do you do? Like, to make someone a better negotiator, you might need to go deeper also. That's a problem identification, what I explained to you. Then we have, you know, as a coach, our beams come which help you reflect every day of what are your subconscious stack problems, how do you relate to them. You become aware, oh, I have this fear, I have this anxiety. And then we have established interventions to overcome that fear. You start doing that, practicing it every day. Then once you practice it, you see a benefit, you start pinning it down. So then after it is pinned, we remind, we make it a habit for you. And then after six months, we make sure you don't relapse and you continue to build it. Okay, okay, okay. So it's essentially coaching only, except it's coaching through an app that's happening here. The data input is only Zoom calls. Like in a Zoom call, there would be like a third participant who would be like transcribing that Zoom conversation. And I think a lot of companies anyway use like Gong and some of these products which do this, right? So so you are taking it through an integration with a Gong kind of a product. Correct. We integrate with Salesforce, Gong, Calendar, all the CRMs, all the HRMS tools. What do you get from HRMS? Your employee NPS performance reviews. What feedback your manager gave to you. Right now, let's say, Akshay got a feedback that negotiate better. Akshay is like, yes, it's a good feedback. I will improve it and it's my next reviews. Then Akshay goes back to his work and what happens? Nothing happens. Uh, There's no support. So we take that and help you improve that and the next performance review show that you have improved it and you have moved up in your performance review. So we help you ace your next performance review in reality. Fascinating. Yeah, so what typically you need a good boss to do for you that the app is able to do? Like typically a good boss would like constantly tell you that, okay, last time your negotiation skills are rated low and these are things you need to start showing me that you're doing and all that. So all of this then through the app, you are telling people this is what you need to do. And then you also need to show the app that you're doing it through some kind of, you need to check in and, maybe input something that you... Yeah, but it's like just 10 seconds per day. And we become a sidekick of manager, doing manager's sidekick job of coaching his entire team. And that frees up manager to do more. Oh, wow. Okay. So the manager can like uh, also give you data on which team member is in need of what. Okay. Okay. So, so the manager has their own dashboard where they can talk about their team. 
they can yeah they can talk about their team they all can they also get tips on what to coach their team in one to ones based on because if i am if if akshay got a feedback to improve negotiation akshay's manager doesn't know how to coach akshay right so we also help him so we become a comprehensive tool for it how did you fund it like you told me you did 1000 interviews and so obviously you wouldn't have done them personally you must have a team with you which is working or personally oh wow okay and you coded it also personally or you worked with a vendor or something the initial coding was mine now in last two years i have built a proper team i have an amazing team who are who is more passionate than me to solve this problem we have my my partners in crime pooja who is the psychologist and the coach she the product team we have a tech team member who was my first hire at travel triangle he is back here so 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 that's the team they i rely on and you're a distributed remote team or you're all like working out of an office they're all in india i'm in us build from india sell in us i'm using cost efficiency i can do all the experiments at very low burn so so far it's bootstrapped you've not raised any money it's bootstrapped i've raised 700k all the indian good founders have invested in the company cars 24 vikram lead squared nilesh farooq from find capillary ceo anish avanti akshay um, cover fox devendra um, and many many more founders are part of my captive uh, th- these were like your friends who you reached out to and not friends but uh, second level connects they all relate to the problem i'm solving yeah right yeah yeah because founders uh, would understand the like the value of getting an executive coach to discover your unknown unknowns mm, okay so what do you price it at it's one lunch per month 10 dollars per month per employee yeah i am just wondering in the long term what is the play here are you looking to build it like a like a multi like a swissami knife where companies can also use it for performance appraisal for example like instead of doing performance appraisal on a different app this becomes the performance appraisal this becomes the employee engagement app so like a full stack employee engagement app which can also do rewards and so on and so forth or do you want to be focused on just coaching okay just focused on coaching we want we we are a behavioral change company you can identify behaviors from all the okrs pms employee engagement gone chorus of the world we just change those behaviors so i'm just wondering that isn't there like a risk of app fatigue like how many saas subscriptions will companies take like 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 so so sales started with salesforce and then you have some apps which are on top of salesforce like say gong and now on top of gong you have another coaching app and i'm just wondering like is this sustainable or you know would there eventually be consolidation and say like like an hr tech company acquires you and it becomes like a single solution and consolidation will happen over time right i feel all of these companies will try to go in the direction i have gone i have the data of 3 years of the psychology of 3 years it's hard to build now we understand data very clearly 78% people in india don't negotiate because they think customers are higher hierarchy like parents 42% people in us don't negotiate because they will only want to speak to a customer when they think they are 100% right and otherwise they will not negotiate and speak so we have this data and our algorithms are optimized for these kind of nuances and your algorithms are constantly getting better based on what what you're seeing in terms of the way the behavior is changing of the users yeah so we have a 3 year lead time there now of course uh, we'll compete 
and we'll see where that happens or we get we shake hands but that that's a later thing okay, okay. so people self identify also that i want coaching in this area yeah we have a lot of assessments to self identify problem identification is easy behavior change is hard that's what we have solved so you would be like doing daily notifications to remind people to check in and so on like say what like a duolingo yeah we are duolingo for learning emotional fitness and what's the plan in terms of further fundraise do you need to do what kind of revenue are you currently at are you like breaking even right now or nahi we are 120k arr we have signed up seven more companies in last few months so we'll rapidly move up on the revenue getting to 1 million arr in 12 months from now and uh, we have raised 700k from very close group founder founders uh, we'll raise our next round uh, 2 million to 4 million dollar round uh, soon so why do you need to raise this 2 to 4 million to hit 1 million arr or like to hire more tech team members to 1 million arr i'll hit no matter what i want this money to do it in a faster way by not just doing all sales by myself but hire sales people and also invest in product tech to build out of integrations right integrations is key here because you need to get a 360 degree view of the employee so for that you need multiple sources of performance indicators about that person okay 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 got it okay so do you want to raise a lot of money for this one or do you think that based on your travel triangle experience you just want to do a little bit of raise reach a place where you are comfortably growing without burning too much it has to be balanced i don't want to be on a treadmill again i want to grow fast in a healthy way by which i can create a company for a decade what is your advice to other founders advice to founders okay so humbly i'm not the one to give an advice but you know they can see if what phase they are in are they in the rejection handling machine phase or praise handling machine or insecurity machine or post euphoria phase if they can relate to anything from my journey they can see because they are all unknown unknowns i identified after a year into the phase and the more balance you are it will get accentuated 1000 times with your team but start with yourself if you want to meditate i have an open calendar we can set up some time and it's a 30 minute feedback loop it's again pure pro bono i do with friend i learn from a friend and that brings us to the end of this conversation i want to ask you for a favor now did you like listening to the show i'd love to hear your feedback about it do you have your own startup ideas i'd love to hear them do you have questions for any of the guests that you heard about in the show i'd love to get your questions and pass them on to the guests write to me at ad@thepodium.in at that's ad@thepodium.in at 